reborn out of disaster, four survivors rose again to form a legion of the world's strangest heroes. Da-da-da-doom Patrol! again to the doom patrol podcast i'm your host scott coles and with me as always is murray fox and we're looking at doom patrol number 47 from september 1991 by grant morrison and richard case yes those guys those two (laughs) those hooligans those hooligans that's right and we've got a cover by Simon Bisley, and it's got, I think, Rebus kind of striking a sexy pose, sort of, with the... Sort of. <laughs> sort of, with, like, the big light bulb crashing into his, her butt, and uh, his, her hand on its head, and a whole bunch of, like, little gnome-like guys <laughs> staring up at, at Rebus. <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm not sure what they are. Little dudes with glasses. Yeah, sort of goblin-y. Yeah, big noses and... Who knows? Yeah, it's it's just a cover. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but that's fine, because Rebus is kind of a part of this issue, and Rebus has issues this time. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Alrighty, so we open up, and there's like one million words on this page, but basically it's introducing us to... Uh, the shadowy Mr. Evans, who is the devil or, you know, one of those, one of Some those. Some sort of otherworldly, weird uh, personification of yeah. sort of evil tendencies. Yeah, totally. And all we the get. Kind of, the, the, the kind of antagonist that uh, Grant Morrison was particularly fond of yeah. at this time. <laughs> totally. Yes. So we, we got, we get uh, Mr. Evans in silhouette there and he's holding like a long cigarette and uh he's got a pipe on his head or a periscope periscope. (laughs) he's got a periscope coming out of his head but you know he looks pretty swank nonetheless oh yes (laughs) all righty so we are introduced to him on the first page and we'll get back to him later but uh then we dive into uh a little bar in berlin where we come back to see, uh, oh, Mr. <laughs> What's his name there? Uh, Kipling. We get Mr. Kipling. Kipling. Right. He makes a return. He's uh, drinking away as he is done at a in a in a little bar that is caters to highly specialized taste tastes. It's uh, visited by men and women who are only capable of sexual fulfillment at the hands of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> And then well, Morrison you know. is like, no, that's what it is. Seriously, I'm not making it up. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, the, the internet has given us so much in the in terms of diversity of pornography that uh, there, you know, there are fewer and fewer niches that can be filled, that cannot be filled. <laughs> that's right. So if you are one of those people that has like a little ghost hankering. Out there on the outside frontiers. That's right. Know? Berlin is apparently the place to go. <laughs> So Kipling is uh nursing his drink as his as is what he does. I mean that's his uh he's want. He's uh, spent a month and a half wrestling with the mouth of outrage in Colombia. 
And now he wants a little peace and quiet. And uh, a dude in a hood walks up to him and they have a little conversation and they, they, they're talking about how there's been a lot of uh, talk about this war in heaven recently and things are heating up and the apocalypse is on schedule and uh, Kipling doesn't want to hear anything about it. He doesn't want to hear about any war between good and evil. Uh, you know, he says, you might as well say the war between up and down or left and right for all of the sense it makes. And uh, then the hooded dude says, well, I heard the shadowy Mr. Evans was back. And Kipling downs his drink and he's like, ah, that's all we need. <laughs> that's supposed to be one of the signs and portents, isn't he? I wonder who's going to suffer this time. Oh, yeah. I'm betting it's the Doom Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> I think so. Kipling says, according to my sources, the apocalypse breaks through onto the physical plane in 1992. Peak should be reached by 1999. And then life on Earth as we know it will have ceased to exist by 2012. Ooh. Mm, that sounds familiar. We're getting a little, uh, little Mayan apocalypse there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, he says, ah, it's all vastly overrated. What am I going to do? I'm going to get bloody arsehole. That's what any intelligent individual would do. Chin, chin. And he holds up his drink and smiles. And uh, then we go visit the Doom Patrol. Yeah. Yes. And where last we left them, there was a big guy with like a clock face. And uh, you could kind of see inside his clock tower body and see all his skeletons. And his head is bong, bong, bonging away. And the clock guy is saying, is it that time already? And I guess that's all he's been saying. Because Crazy Jane's head is cocked to her side. And she's like, does it say anything else? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Cliff is saying, well, not so far. But I'm living in hope. But don't ask me why. And it continues to ask, is it that time already? And finally the chief clues in. He's like, aha, ha, ha, and he's like, Cliff, do you want to switch from normal vision and tell me what you see? And so Cliff does that. He puts on his radar eyes or whatever. And when he looks at the clock dude, he uh, finds that there's nothing there. It's just a, a kind of cloud of white gas. And uh, he asks the chief what it is. And the chief says, that's exactly what I'd surmised. And the clock dude does his last three bing bongs and vanishes. That's it for him. And uh, Cliff says, what the hell was that? Where'd it go? And the chief explains it was just ionized air. We just witnessed uh, a cloud of ionized air. I would say that it was generated by a piezoelectrical discharge from the quartz deposits here in the mountain. Electric <laughs> column transients like the blah, 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 triggering yeah, brain yeah, yeah. hallucinations. And <laughs> Cliff says, a hallucination, huh? Then why did we all see and hear the same thing? And Rebus pipes in and says, It would seem that there was some guiding principle at work behind the generation of that specific image. I'd suggest some kind of organizing field, but a lot of the time, I really don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and Josh so is say like, we all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Josh is like, don't look at me. I'm just the medic. <laughs> I'm just hanging around on the fringes here. And the chief says, Rebus is probably correct, but we'll have to wait for a further manifestation before we can be sure. And uh, Robot Man is like, I feel like I know less than when we started to explain all this stuff. And <laughs> Chief is having none of that. He's just like, ah, stop. You got to stop acting the part of the baffled but good-hearted layman, Cliff. People are going to begin to believe you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have work to do. No one disturb me for the next five hours, please. And off he goes and... 
everyone else is like, what? <laughs> Cliff says, oh. He's very unfazed. Yeah, yeah. Cliff is like, oh, I love that guy. And Josh is like, you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's right. So when you are, you know, confronted by a big cloud of ionized blah blah what do you do? You go for some coffee. So Crazy Jane and Cliff go for coffee. Because really, what else are you going to do? And uh, in the mountain there, Joshua gets a phone call, and he's like, oh, I understand. The situation here is a little unusual, but uh, I'll go tell him Friday at 1.30. Right, okay. And uh, off he walks down the hall. He's upset about something. Whatever news he got was not good news, apparently. Mm-hmm. So off he goes to find Rebus, who is hanging out in the black room with uh, the Russian dolls, and they're all floating around in space, getting smaller and smaller. And Rebus says, ah, the dolls. The dolls are just a metaphor. Now I understand what's to happen. And Josh comes in and uh, says, look, uh, I've got some bad news for you. I'm afraid your mother, uh, she had a heart attack. She passed away in the hospital a couple hours ago. They couldn't track you down, but uh, the funeral's on Friday. I'm really sorry. And uh, Rebus just says, which one? Josh is like, what? Which mother? <laughs> He's like, Larry Trainer's mother, for God's sake. Apparently, uh, Josh has forgotten that there's a couple of people hanging around inside Rebus right now. And Rebus says, well, she was an old woman. It was only a matter of time. Thank you for telling me, Joshua. You can leave now if you want to. <laughs> Joshua, <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he goes. Yeah, he's a little grumpy. And once Joshua has left, however, Rebus does say, wow, I wish I'd seen her. So look, there's a little bit of humanity inside. Still there. some of it in there, yeah, for sure. It's a little bit, uh, yeah. So we move on, we switch scenes, we go to um, Sunset in the Sinking City. The sweet sewer perfume drifts through the open windows of the house without mirrors. <gasps> that would be a horrible place to live, let me just tell you. No mirrors. Gross. All right. The hour of silence is at hand, and there's something disturbing about the painting, and we've got this uh, dude in white with uh, frilly pants and fancy socks and a big kind of like, is that like a tri-corner hat, sort of? Like a, I don't know. It doesn't really matter, I don't think. He's looking at a painting, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's like, (laughs) is that that song? Keep feeling yeah. fascination. I could sing it, but that would be terrible. That would just be terrible. But uh, uh, who did that song? Uh, fascination by <laughs> Human League. I think it went. Oh, you know what? I bet it is. I wonder if I've got it. I've got a couple of their songs. <laughs> I don't think I liked that song, so I don't think I have that one anyway. That's the one that. I wonder if I do. I bet I do. Oh, if I do, I'll play it in the background there at some point. <laughs> we'll put that in in post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> so while that song is bopping around in the background, uh, dude is looking at this painting and. Uh, He's like, exerts a fascination, and I can't get that awful song out of my head. And he looks at the painting, and there's a black stain that I've never noticed before on the painting. Ooh. And that's about it for him. That will probably come back to be some sort of important thing. Possibly. Possibly. You You might, you know, you know. 
Then we get an advertisement for War of the Gods, the crossover event of 1991. Ooh, yeah, the one in which Grant Morrison appeared. Did he really? Yeah, remember, because he had written himself into Animal Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody else wrote him into the Suicide Squad <laughs> War of the Gods crossover. Oh, and yeah, nice. he ends up getting killed. <laughs> he, calls him, he, he called himself the writer. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know that I ever saw the Suicide Squad crossover one. Oh, it's kind of cool. They got they yeah. just picked up like a, a huge sort of battalion of second string baddies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, they had to attack an island full of werewolves or something like that. <laughs> You know, that crossover sure. crossover gets a bad rap. I kind of liked it. I oh, don't yeah, think, there's lots of fun stuff in there. Man. I don't think I could follow it for the life of me because I didn't pick up all the parts to it. But uh, yeah. the parts I picked up, I liked. I thought it was all right. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, yeah. There was I another... got to see Grant Morrison get killed, so yeah. that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's always cool. <laughs> I forget what else was going on at that time. It was like they had two crossover events going on at the same time, I think, but I don't remember. Oh, really? I think so. I, I'm sure there was another one going on at that, around that time, and I don't remember what it was. Or maybe it was like just a couple of months later or a couple months earlier, but uh, it'll come to me. But anyway, War of that the Gods. That wasn't the, uh, the, the God one. No, well, War uh, of the Gods was the God one. No, no. Oh, you mean like the Genesis wave? Genesis. No, that was way later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This was after Legends, after Invasion, Mm -hmm. maybe Millennium? Was Millennium around then? Or maybe it was after that? No, Millennium was before that, too. Yeah, because Millennium was around at Suicide Squad 9. Okay, okay. Uh, This one was around, it was late 50s, I think. Okay. Uh, Maybe it was one of the... So it's, you're looking at a couple, like four or five years later. Maybe it was one of their summer annual crossovers or something. Could be. Maybe. GL Ape or something? Mm, maybe. I'm thinking Armageddon 2000, whatever. Anyway, Could it's be. not really important. It's not really important to this story. But <laughs> we digress. Uh, <laughs> we'll figure it out and we'll let you know. Anyway, we'll go have coffee with Cliff and uh, Crazy Jane there. Sure. Well, so, you know, they're having coffee. It's like a little diner checkerboard floor and everything and uh crazy jane says everyone's looking at us and cliff is like hmm wonder why yeah <laughs> she's like hmm, maybe this wasn't such a great idea it was just to get out of that whole doom patrol setup for a while you know <sighs> i have to warn you things might get strange for a little while my emergence has thrown the underground into turmoil the persons within the woman are probably going to attempt to fight me things are going to become strange and Cliff says, I'm kind of getting used to the... I'm getting the hang of strange now, Jane. <laughs> You're going to have to go a long way to surprise me. She's like, well, maybe I will. Remember, I'm counting on you, Cliff. And then she changes a little bit and her head cocks to the side. And Don't you listen to her, Cliff. That Liza Radley, she's dangerous. You'll see. Ooh. <laughs> Internecine in warfare in the mind of crazy right. You betcha. And then... Uh, Another ki- another personality takes over. Will you look after me, Cliff, please? You know I'll do what I can. She's like, okay, well, it's time. And off she goes to the bathroom. He's like, what? Time for what? You'll see. And he just shrugs his shoulders. He's like, I don't get it. <laughs> Women. <laughs> Chicks, what do you That's mean? Right. Eh? I just want eh? some coffee. <laughs> yeah. All right, so back to the black room with Rebus, and he... Uh, he, she looks at one of the little uh, 
Russian dolls, picks it up for a little bit, and then floats it around and says, it's time, and he takes off his glasses and his coat, and he says, I'm scared, I think I'm scared, and he starts to unwrap. Uh Uh-oh. He's unwrapping. show! Yeah. (laughs) It's sexy, all right. Oh, yeah. As he's unwrapping, there are, like, bugs and stuff falling out out of his uh, wrappings. Well, I guess, you know, he's dead, so, or close to being dead, his whatever. Dead body bugs, they're always attractive. Mm -hmm. He holds up his, like, gnarly old hand, and it's all gray and gross and... Oogie. Yeah, oogie is the word. He's like, oh, I didn't think I'd be in such a mess. (laughs) I've only been wrapped up that's what happens when you hide under bandages all the time. You never know what's going on underneath there. That's right. You gotta change those bandages clean them every once in a while. It's like showering. (laughs) Gross. So we'll leave Rebus for a while, floating around with the dead body bugs. And we'll go see Mr. uh, What's his name? Jeepers. The shadowy Mr. Evans? Yeah, the shadowy Mr. Evans. He's out of the shadows now. He's uh, hanging out in his room. He's like, beastly. Simply too, too beastly to contemplate. The very thought of taking my lovely house and all my souvenirs down once more onto the dreary physical plane is utterly distasteful, shamefully vulgar. (laughs) He's a bit of a dandy. He is. Then again, I don't know why I should continue to be surprised by the cruelties of the universe that an invalid like myself should constantly be called upon. To brave all kinds of miserable weathers in order to go about his business is one of the resounding tragedies of existence. Clanky, shave. And uh, in comes Clanky. He's like a little schoolboy with a clanky old leg there. Uh, (laughs) A brace tied around his leg and he comes hobbling in and hands him a razor and starts shaving his palm. (laughs) Okay, sure. Well, you know, what an argument I had back there, shadowy Mr. Evans. The man in the birdcage told me he'd been... Out a hunting the white shrimp with its big harpoon, and I said he was a right liar. <laughs> <laughs> and shadowy Mr. Evans says, Really, how maddeningly dull your conversation has reached. New summits of tedium, Clanky. Well done. We'll soon be able to place you beside quiet and private people on boring long journeys. and then a little ballerina dances in and shadowy Mr. Evans I found another lovely poem in the old school magazine it's all about how terrible war and nuclear bombs are and he strikes a pose poetry I shall die (laughs) only joking I utterly loathe poetry and he pulls out a revolver and just shoots her to pieces (laughs) (laughs) which is really what you should do when people start talking about poetry absolutely yes and as for you, Donald, have you anything constructive to say? And Donald is, uh, he's kind of strapped to this chair and, uh, he's got a big ball, metal ball kind of, uh, chained to his forehead, which, you know, forces his head back behind the chair. So he's kind of constantly, uh, staring up at the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, ah, kneecap, single-handed sheet music. And... Shadowy Mr. Evans just takes out his long cigar. Ah, a brave attempt at flattery, Donald, but your thoughtlessness or your thoughtless criticisms of my singing resulted in my being bedridden for six months. Such is my sensitivity, so you'll have to suffer for just a teensy bit longer. And he, you know, taps his ashes into the dude's mouth and 
Off he walks. <laughs> That's what he is. He's an ashtray, apparently. Yep. <laughs> Human ashtray. Ah, me. Down we go, he says. And uh, we go see Cliff. He's staring into his coffee cup. Simple things, he says. And while he's waiting, out comes Crazy Jane. He's like, oh, yeah, what's up? Oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> She's slutting her up. She is. She's uh, got on a hot hoochie blonde wig, and she's wearing, like, she's all decked out in red and stilettos and lots of, lots of nylon. And, yeah, she is slutting it up. Yeah. Fit <laughs> Julia Roberts at the beginning of Pretty Woman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. She's like, well, what do you think? <laughs> what do I think? For God's sake, Jane, are you feeling okay? <laughs> Don't you dare call me Jane. Crazy Jane's a daddy screwed up bitch. All that self-indulgent angst and torture. She just won't admit to herself that what she needs is to get laid good and hard. So she, of course, sits on the uh, diner table and starts thrusting and doing the things that, you know... Lewd and suggestive women That's do. That's right. Ladies with needs do. She's, <laughs> she's, she's horny, you know. That's, she's yes. horny all the time. You know, my daddy said, daddy said I was a little slut. And when I grew up, I'd do it for money. And you know what? He was right. And she grabs her cigarette and she starts putting it out on her legs. And she's uh, messed up. She is messed up. And Cliff has seen enough. Of course, he's let her do all this. So... <laughs> Apparently he was enjoying it a little bit, but <laughs> well, I mean, there's not a lot you can do to stop a crazy person once they're on a roll. That's right. You gotta let you them roll a little bit. <laughs> work it out. Yeah, cigarettes on the thigh, however, were enough for him. So he's like, "All right, Jane, you're hurting yourself," and uh, she, of course, propositions him, and she's ready to do it on the table. But he's like, "All right, don't flatter yourself. I think we should go somewhere and uh, talk about this, don't you?" And she's like, I don't want to talk. He just leads her out anyway, and off we go. Oh, there we go. We got a page for the annuals. Yep, Armageddon 2001. That's oh, you're right. Good on. call. Excellent. All righty. Well, I guess that was a crossover event. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. I bought more of that one, I think, than I needed to. <laughs> there were some well, good you know, when the... <laughs> creative staff gets wind that everyone's figured out the sort of grand twist and then decides to change it for no good reason whatsoever. Yeah. Inexplicably. Yeah. It's kind of a downer. Yes. Alrighty. So off they go, they go walking down the street and, uh, Jane's still feeling, she's still feeling a little needy. So, uh, she propositions a couple and, you know, grabs them by the crotch and that, I mean, cause that's how you get a guy. You just gotta well, go up. To and... be fair, that would probably work on me. But... <laughs> I don't well, know. It looked like she had a pretty hard grip because <laughs> he goes down for the count. However, she's like, "Ah, it's all for free, man. Doesn't anybody want it?" <laughs> and, uh, Jane, or, that's right. Cliff's like, "All right, I think you made your point." <laughs> he grabs her and off they go. And then we get someone saying, "Mutter and murmur in your sleep." Mm. Briefly awake in the dark, then you roll over into the arms of a new dream. She's a dancer or a gymnast. You're obsessed by her. It's uncontrollable. The performance finishes and she sets off at a run, heading home. And we're watching, of course, some gymnast dancer do her thing. And then she's going home and we watch her walk across the railroad tracks. 
So you follow her down the old station. The trains don't run now. Nothing's been through here in a long time. The tracks are rusty. The girl runs. And now you realize someone is following you. You turn around and take a look. Ooh, this is like a scary dude. He's like, um, dressed up in like a black gray pinstripe suit, but he's got like almost like a skull for a face and it's all mm, sort of yes. black and, uh, Caribbean maybe, or what maybe, is Maybe, uh, it's, it's hard to tell. New Orleans. I think New Orleans when I look at him, but, uh, Yeah, yeah, sort of voodoo-y. Voodoo-y. Yeah, 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 totally. Anyway, it's death, apparently. Death looms along. Nice and easy, without a care in the world. Death out running in broad daylight. But it's not you he's after. Not today. It's the girl he wants. So he chases after the girl and he closes in on her and you shake in your sleep and the excitement mounts. You feel the organ burn, the blue flame, the hip spasm. And while Cliff is walking home, all these people around him are starting to shake and fall to the ground and they're saying the words kneecap single-handed sheet music lottery and jane is like yeah yes 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 <laughs> and cliff is like what the hell and of course that's when the shadowy mr evans makes his appearance on the last page and uh he's standing there with his arms outstretched and he's wearing like a fancy smanchy dressing gown and he's got like a little umbilical baby attached to him sort of yeah, it just floats around him yeah. <laughs> and there's this ginormous blue pyramid behind him with like three eyes on it and uh you he, know like happens yeah as as would happen reverse my buttock sergeant major he says and that's that's our cliffhanger <laughs> word bubble <laughs> one of the most boggling cliff cliffhangers ever and that's right he has apparently picked up a lisp as he's come down to... Uh, Just for fun. The mortal plane. For kicks. <laughs> That's you know, right. Like the kids do. That's right. They lisp. <laughs> All righty. Then we get the... Uh, then we get the letters page. Oh, this is the fun part of the letters page. Uh, the... I think it's Tom Pyre. I think he's the editor. Yeah. He uh, He's decided to... Uh, he's going to be quiet this month, and he's going to let the... Uh, the author of the letter columns from the sixties do the answers. So, uh, Oh yes. <laughs> so some of the answers are uh, quite funny. We think you're ring a ding ding gal too, Liz honey, but we can't clue you in about beast boy because the DP is chock full of surprises. Yeah. Daddy. O. And that sounds like something that you might see in the sixties. However, the oh, next yeah. one, thanks for the wild idea about nerve nut, whatever he's supposed to do, Jill, but I think we're loaded with oddballs. As for Beast Boy's tight-fitting uniform not showing a bulge, he had it made by a top tailor. What else can we say? I don't remember that letter popping up in the uh, 60s. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't read them all, so I couldn't say for sure. Uh... <laughs> it may be in one of those in-between issues. <laughs> yes, there's some fun stuff in there. Uh-huh. Fun uh-huh. stuff for sure. Uh... Maybe some boob tube bigwig will see what a little old moneymaker the, do- the Doom Patrol could be and get wise. Lovely. Lovely, lovely. Ooh, someone's asking for a Doom Patrol annual in 1991. Yeah. We'll see. There should be one coming along sooner or later, I think. Um, Maybe later. A little bit later, yeah, they get their first annual during the Children's Crusade. Uh, yeah, 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 vertigo, yeah. The Vertigo crossover. Yeah. Once they're actually full Vertigo. Yes. Which yeah. hasn't actually been created yet, so. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it is after. Uh, it's after Morrison then. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, yeah. I suppose Why Morrison is yeah, in the yeah. Pollock run. Alrighty. So there you go. That brings us to the end of this issue. It's kind of a fun one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I like Mister. What's his name? Evans. 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 Yeah, it's sort of like uh, this. This whole story is is sort of a weird convergence of events. All all weird bunch of weird things happening at the same time. Rebus is going through his big change, and Shadowy Mister. Evans comes down. And next issue, we'll see some guys who are investigating the orgone. Uh, energy fluxes and, and weird stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. you also have Crazy Jane going through her <laughs> crisis of sexuality <laughs> slash personality, whatever. Yes. This is one of those really cool sort of issues where just a whole bunch of small things are happening at the same time, causing it just a giant train wreck. Yeah, that's always fun. I love watching all the different little small stories kind of smash into cool. each other. Yeah. yeah. Yes. All righty. So that brings us to the end of this issue. You are welcome to visit us at our website, which is doompodtroll.com. All of the episodes are up there. And Woo! and you can comment on them if you choose. There's a little comment button. There's... Yeah. And it actually there. works this time. And it works. It works. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. You can send us an email also to doompodtroll at gmail.com. Yeah. That's right. We'll do a Why quick checky at gmail.com. Password is... I'm not check to make sure it still works. <laughs> yes, it totally works. It works, but it's empty. Oh, uh, no. Send us an idea. email. I'm disappointed in all of you. Uh, all all of both you. of you. <laughs> all both of you. Send us an email, dudes. All right. That's it. We will see you all next week. Cheers. Cheers.